Hey guys, welcome to Hard Facts Fitness episode 10. We're going to start today with a little bit of a different twist. We're going to discuss a little bit more about vision and visualizing your goals. We've had some great success, even greater success as we progress through our journey here at Hard Facts Fitness uh, and Team Amino Pure with regards to helping people achieve their goals. And one of the things that we want to talk about is having vision and visualizing your goal. A lot of times you will not have all the answers to execute your goal or your vision, but there's three key elements that we need to discuss in order to be successful. Number one is having vision. Number two, planning. And number three, the execution process of that vision. One of the things that makes us different uh, than everybody else or than other species, if you want to call it animals, say for example, is the ability to have imagination. The ability to imagine our vision far before it actually happens is key in order to accomplish it. And a lot of times going from A to Z is not a straight line. You will have circumstances that will make you fall. You will have circumstances that will make you divert from your goal. But all I can tell you is that if you have that vision, you will get up and continue that vision, continue that plan every single time. There is no straight line from one goal to the other. There is no straight way to get from point A to point B. It's a zigzag, guys, and that is the truth. I myself, for example, I visualize my goals on a daily basis, and it may be this year. I have goals for next year. I have goals for two years down the line, and I guarantee you the vision that I have for myself and for our goals will never be a straight line. And that's what makes us different. Associating ourselves with people that can help us is one has been a key, a detrimental key to our success here at Harfax Fitness because I myself learn on a consistent basis. And we hope that you guys are also learning on a consistent basis uh, from us, from Harfax Fitness, from Team Amino Pure, continuing the education, continuing to put forth the best information we can in order for us to help you succeed. We want to make sure that you're visualizing your goal. Uh, If you're having hormonal problems, let us help you. We have our network of people that are very good at what they do, and we can help you with those regards. If it's dieting, if it's nutrition, if it's hormonal imbalance, if it's different diseases or syndromes, Hashimoto's, thyroid dysfunction, we have gathered a group of people that collectively share our vision in terms of helping you, the public, the audience that listens to us every week. And for that, we thank you. So with that, I want to tell you to embrace your obstacles. And I always tell you, you're not alone. We get messages from everybody all over the country, all over the world. We're trying to answer all the questions that we can. We have our hormone resident, Chris Neal, coming on today to discuss hormone imbalances and different issues with hormones. Uh, We've got some good questions for him today. I want to end this by telling you to stay positive as always. Stay positive, embrace your vision, learn from your obstacles, fall down. Pick yourself back up. Make sure you learn from that and keep your vision, your goal in mind every step of the way. We thank you for your patronage. We thank you for listening to us. And we thank every single one of the the coaches and people that have been on our podcast supporting our vision, supporting our goal. From the bottom of our heart at Harfax Fitness, thank you.
Welcome to episode 10, guys. Hormones part two. Let me introduce my co-host, Sonia. Sonia, how are you? I'm fantastic. I'm so I'm like I'm an eight out of 10. How about that? I just I literally just I woke up at 3:30 Washington time to fly out from Tennessee to get here. And then you know, Ron called me as I literally got off the plane. He's like, Can we record in a couple hours? So I'm here. I'm actually feeling pretty fucking good and I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Everybody looks so good today. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Just to give you guys a little bit of an update. Uh, we wanted to record uh, Hormones Part 2, the sequel to Part yeah. 1, which was a total hit. Today we have a special guest, which won't be a special guest anymore because he's part of uh, our team, AminoPure Hormone Specialist Resident, Chris Neal. Hi, Chris. How are you? Hey, how's it going? We're doing I'm well. happy to be back. Thank you guys for having me. Man, we're stoked to have you back. I think after the first episode uh, on hormones, there were so many questions that were asked and how do we learn? How do we get in hold of him? How can I take care of my labs? How can I have him look at my labs? So it was only a matter of time where we wanted to put in an episode two to discuss a little bit more on estrogen in men, estrogen in women. We're going to talk about birth control. We're going to talk about ACG, the purposes, and a lot of the stuff that a lot of people are doing that just don't jive with HRT. We want to talk a little bit about HRT, but we also want to talk about more on the effects of estrogen in men and women and the mechanisms behind that. And then we'll have a little bit of time to talk about our questions uh, on Instagram. Sonia. Yeah, just kind of diving into it. I think like one of the things that we get questions on a lot is like we have a lot of people who do TRTs, like who men who are running TRT and are like kind of controlling that estrogen curve. And I know that you've talked about it. Like it's not a matter of like your testosterone's dropping back down on Monday if you did your shot on Tuesday. Like when it circles around, it's really about mitigating the estrogen curve and the best ways to do that. And if you're having those things, you know, things that you can either look at, tips and tricks. Um, yeah, I mean, like that's kind of right. Like everyone wants to look good and feel good the entire week. So early in my intro today, I talked a little bit about vision and, um, I always like to pick a topic. The reason why I want to roll with vision is because a lot of times when we're going through our journey, whether it's health, fitness, whatever it is, and I mentioned this before, we need to take a step back and analyze what's wrong with our hormones or what's wrong with what we're doing and understand it better so that we can make better decisions. So if your vision is to feel better because you're taking control of your hormones or you're improving your hormones or the way that your hormones are balanced, what do you need to know in order to improve that is key. It's detrimental to your health, it's detrimental to your vision, your final goal, which is feeling better, having higher libido and making sure that you're performing at a high level. Ultimately, if you guys are listening to us today is because you are those people that actually want to perform at a higher level. So With that being said, uh, tell us in very simplified terms, Chris, talk about estrogen, and then we can talk about estrogen in men, what happens with estrogen in men, women, and then we can go from there. Okay, so to get started, it's important to understand, I like to take a step back and think about what estrogen is, actually. uh, It is a steroid hormone, and it's remarkably similar in its molecular structure to testosterone, actually but the effect that it has inside the body cannot be more different. But as a, uh, as a hormone, estrogen, very much like testosterone, doesn't really do anything. So I say that with a little hesitation because like estrogen is a, it's, it's a signal, it's a message, it's an email, it's a, you know, I don't know, snap or something like it. It, uh, it, it by itself, it's just a message. Like, so the, 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 the estrogen itself 
has to, and testosterone too, for that matter, has to make it to a receptor. The receptor is what actually does the work or really even just initiates the work. So, um, so those receptors are in fixed location. So it's very important to have this like, you know, um, uh, three-dimensional uh, appreciation of, of what, you know, these, these molecules are doing in your body, you know, um, before we dig in, because it, it, that's what, that's what makes things very, very unique. I wish, I wish sometimes, some days more than others, I wish my job was so, could be so easy that I could just say, every guy's estrogen level needs to be between 25 and 35. And then they'll be perfect. Like I, I wish my, I wish my job could be that easy sometimes, but it's not, you know, and, and then it probably wouldn't be as fun, you know, but, um, but there's, there's a lot of variance, not only in the estrogen level, estrogen number where guys are at their sweet spot, men and women, both. The reason why is because we have different levels or different amounts of receptors in our body. Okay. Just that by itself is different, you know, from person to person. And not only that, like over the past, like five, 10 years, like SARMs have come to the forefront, selective androgen receptor modulators. There's SARMs out there too, selective estrogen receptor modulators, which, you know, we can use chemically to adjust things, which is awesome, you know, um, and, and really fun to work with, but um, also very interesting. You got to know what you're doing, but then there's also receptor modulators for those estrogen receptors too that are natural in our body. So our body has a way of chaperoning, you know, those receptors even and cranking up the volume, turning down the volume, you know, so it's incredibly complex. I know you asked me to simplify it and I hear no, no, no. it yeah. out again. No, it's okay. I think that's actually important what you're just saying. So it's, it's, it's safe to say that because you have, people have different amount of receptors in their, in their body, that that is the, the culprit of why your ranges could be so different and the feel, the way that you feel with an estrogen reading could be different than somebody else. Yes. That's, that's only, that's only one variable in that. So, so if, if my level, for example, like if, if you and I, like, I, I know Ron, Ron and I are the same age. <clears throat> so if we're very if young. Ron and I, <laughs> yeah. Um, if Ron and I both have a testosterone level of, you know, um, and this, this goes for any hormone, pretty much, um, pretty much any hormone. Um, if Ron and I have an estrogen level, for example, of you know, estradiol of 50, Ron might be perfectly fine. He might be cool as a fan, doesn't have a problem. He's dialed in. And for me, like I could have all kinds of problems and issues and everything. And, and it's just because maybe my receptors are, are more sensitive than his receptors are. Maybe, you know, I, I have more receptors or, or maybe my receptors are cranked up higher. So that was my question. Is it because of your, your receptors are more sensitive or the amount of receptors that you have or both? Both. Both. Would endocrine disruptors be a factor in someone's ability to process these or feel the effects of different things like testosterone, estrogen? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then also one, so one other big factor that, that most people don't think about <laughs> is that when we, we try and you do our best to make adjustments on these, on these variables and these things. And, and the, the only data that, well, some of the data that we use is in labs, right? Right. So labs, as far as like estrogen and other hormones, those labs are taken from our blood and our blood is, is our, our serum, our, you know, our blood, right? The, the vast majority of hormones as far as estrogen, testosterone, but estrogen specifically, I think it's somewhere around like 87 to 92% of the estrogen that's actually in our body is not floating around in the blood. 
Yeah, it's not free estrogen. Wow. Well, it's it's in the it's in the tissues. It's in the you tissue. know, we're not. It can be in your lungs and kidney and adipose. It can kind of be everywhere. Correct. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of variability with that also. So. So here's a question: uh, What what happens when you have um, when your your receptors your, your estrogen receptors are not absorbing all your estrogen? And you have a lot of estrogen circulating in your blood. Uh, is that one of the reasons why you have, let's say, an estrogen metabolizer, something to get rid of that excess estrogen? What are the effects of having that extra extra estrogen circulating in your blood system? So if you have, so I want you to think about that question that you just asked. If you have extra estrogen that's floating around in your blood that's not getting to the receptors nothing happens because it hasn't gotten to the receptor. Exactly. So it's almost like it, it's, it's null and void. It's when somebody would have, you know, an, an, uh, a large amount of receptors and a large amount of estrogen in the body or very, very sensitive receptors and a large amount of estrogen in the body. That's where we start to see the issues and we're having to mitigate sides. So it really doesn't yeah. matter if you have it, you have extra estrogen just circulating in your body It's null and void. It does nothing. Let's say, let's say my, my estrogen receptors are very, are, are very resistant. You know, it takes a lot in order for my receptors to be hit. You know, that, that means I'm going to need a higher level of total estrogen in my body in order to hit those receptors and affect them. If your receptors are very sensitive, they suck up every, every estrogen that floats by, then you can have an estrogen of like 30 or 40 and, and have issues, be estrogen dominant, have issues. But like, if, but for me, like I can be at an estrogen level of 120, 150, I'm, doesn't bother me. Yeah. That's interesting. It's a great concept to keep. Can I just say real quick for people listening? Cause I like to do this. If you're not aware of like what an, an endocrine disruptor is, like we were talking a little bit about it. I highly recommend looking into it, especially if it's like you're dealing with any hormonal issues, just because they basically are, are toxins that we can get in our environment from plastics that we heat our food in our water, mercury, like so many different things. And they go in there and they basically are like, let's just say like, there's a lock in a key, right? And that key needs to go in each lock for different things to happen inside of the body. And when we have endocrine disruptors in there and like heavy metals and toxicity, that lock, like imagine that somebody put like a seal wheel, like foam yeah. inside that lock yeah. and that key mm -hmm. cannot go inside of that lock. So it's like something as little as like not heating up your food in plastic where you have a ton of chemical estrogens or not drinking tap water can actually make a huge difference. Like these are like lifestyle factors that can play a role in some of this stuff. So when I talked about endocrine disruptors, that's kind of what we were referencing. So uh, Chris, real quick, and I know that uh, putting numbers is probably not a good idea. Okay. But let's, let's talk about what range would you rec would you say that you find most men to be in a healthy and, and granted, I understand that everybody's going to feel differently at different ranges, right? <clears throat> but what range do you usually see in labs where let's say to anywhere from 20 to 110 is where you usually see a male, a male estrogen, estradiol reading? Um, well, so yeah, usually, uh, and this is like, as a, I always hesitate with that question because everybody's so different, different, you know, and, and when I, when I do my consultations, when I talk to um, my patients, whether they're new patients or, or old patients, whatever, like I'm talking to one, you know, just, just one. So it's hard for me to shift gears to talking to everybody, you know, it's, everybody's so individual, you know, but you know, generally like 20 to 40, 20 to 45, 15 to 45, somewhere around that range, you know, um, but, but again, like I have guys that, you know, their sweet spot is 80 to 120, you know, and, and that's just I, have, I, need to be. I have found my sweet spot. It's about 10 to 15. 
Well, you have really yeah. low prolactin and really low sex binding globulin hormone, right? Right, exactly. You know I mean, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep, no, that you know, totally like, makes sense. It's kind of like, is it orange or is it red or is it, you know, it's like, it's like. Well, what that, what that means, what that means is that for Ron, if Ron, if Ron's estradiol is uh, because of his SHBG and his binding, because yeah. if Ron's estradiol is a 15, he feels like a normal guy with a 45. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so these, these are, all, <laughs> these are, these are all, these are all very fascinating variables that they make everybody very, very different. So if there's anyone out there that says, you know, um, everybody's level has to look like mine and it has to look like yeah. this run you should run, <laughs> run. I think, I think <laughs> the thing is too is like this is why it makes a difference to work with a highly trained professional <laughs> because it's like like i work with chris and like i know how to read labs and like my coach knows how to read labs and my friends know how to read labs like i'm surrounded by a bunch of really smart people but it's these little tiny things and then it's also like how are you feeling though which it's like, sometimes mm-hmm. I think we get so caught up in numbers. How are we feeling goes out the window. Does yeah, that make sense? So it's like, absolutely. oh, I'm dialed in, but how are you, are you feeling like shit? Or are you feeling really good? Well, your labs might say that you're a little bit high, but your dick works and you sleep great and you feel strong. So I think it's backwards. I think we yeah. should start focusing more. And, and the more we talk to, we talk to and biofeedback, we talked to Vince Pistick last week, which is off the hook. And we talked a lot about biofeedback. What is your body telling you, right? You're, what is your mm-hmm. body telling you? Your body's painting a picture. Let's look at the picture. Let's let's not let's not look at labs for a second because I think that if you look at the biofeedback and you're painting a picture, then you look at your labs, you can understand a little bit more of the correlation. With I think that your your mind sometimes get gets sidetracked because you start focusing on numbers. It, it has to be this way. Well, not really because if you look at your biofeedback, your your body's telling you something yeah. else. And that's happened to me, guys. Let me tell you. Let, let me share you with you my experience real quick. And I know you you're, you have something to say, Sonia, but let me let me share my experience. I've experimented with estrogen and see how my body responds. And you know, I went from taking half a pill every um, I think it was uh, every time I every time I, I do my my TRT. Half a pill of estrogen blockers. Yeah, AI. Okay, that, yes, AI. he's not taking estrogen. You're like I'm experimenting yeah. with estrogen. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> not yeah. recommending. Absolutely, yeah. guys. Absolutely. Sorry about that. Yeah, You're absolutely. Do that. Let's, let's clarify, guys, so that you guys don't go in and start taking some estrogen stuff, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so, and then I, I experienced certain things. And then as I started cutting my estrogen, basic, my, my AI, my anastrozole, I, I noticed that I started feeling better when I started going to a quarter pill a week, or sometimes I would go half a pill a week. And then I started noticing how my, my lab work would come in at, at different numbers. And I would immediately tell the difference from a physiological standpoint. When I was at 45, for example, I was more watery. I was more, uh, a little bit more bloat. And then when mm-hmm. I started taking a little bit more of an AI, I started noticing I got tighter and tighter and tighter and my libido went up the roof, but, um, it was, <laughs> everything was just, everything seemed to be okay. Lock I up all the 20 year old girls in Seattle. <laughs> let's go. No, 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 no. Like, I'm, too, I'm too old for this. So, uh, so yeah, I started noticing. So it, it's listen to your biofeedback, guys. I guess the moral of the story is like huge. Listen huge. to your biofeedback and get with somebody like Chris that can actually help you because a lot of times you do you have to take correlation of SHBG and not everybody knows how. So don't try to do this on your own. Get an expert. 
like Chris, we can help you guys out as well and dial you in. It will change your life. I guarantee you it will change your life, especially for all you guys out there that are in your 30s and your 40s. And you're starting to see some changes in your physiological, your body. You start getting a little bit more fat. You start feeling your low, your, your libido's low. You know, I feel like my libido's like, I'm 25, man. I'm not lying to you, right? And I'll say like, I think a lot of people think like, oh, I don't have low estrogen. Like I don't have dick problems. And I'm like, or I don't have low tests. I don't have dick problems. And I'm like, you're, yeah, but how's your vitality how's your for vitality? life? How's your energy? Do you feel like you're excited about waking up during the day? Do you feel like you can really give it your all in the gym? Or are you just kind of feeling like you don't feel like doing anything anymore? Because it's not just a matter of whether or not your dick gets hard. That's not the only thing ester or testosterone does inside of the body. And same thing with females. It's like, there's a lot of different factors and there's a lot of vitality that comes when optimizing your hormones. It's and stress. It, it's controlling stress. Yeah, exactly. Stress. Go ahead, Sonia, finish. When I, when I bring on clients, like I used to be like, okay, look, we're going to run labs. First week we're running labs, depending on when your cycle is. Men, <laughs> and women, like we're going to get them in there. But honestly, now it's like a lot of my clients are gen pop or just highly stressed. And I'm like, there's literally no point in us running labs now. Let's get your sleep dialed in. Let's get you mm -hmm. eating regular protein feedings. Let's lower yeah. your stress. Let's get like some, let's lower some inflammation, get you not eating out as much, not drinking like five or six days a week. Like let's do these and then relapse. Cause what happens is we spend three, $400 on running labs and it says they're fucked. But honestly, mm -hmm. with, with really just working within the lifestyle, all of a sudden things start to happen. Like, oh, I don't know, less estrogen, more testosterone, better free-floating yeah. tests. More. There's a lot that can happen by changing your lifestyle. So it's not always that you need to take more medication or take this and work on that. You also have to dial in your lifestyle. Like that is the biggest fuck that people miss is they want to just go to a prescription or, or, or a supplementation. It's like you have to have the right things batting for you at home. If you want to see the results of all of this, I honestly, absolutely. Absolutely. As we talk, you know what you, you, you I, I can't even follow that up because you knocked it out of the ballpark, but I'm going to try. Go ahead. Uh, I think that in talking to Chris and talking to Vince and talking mm -hmm. to Jason, talking to all these people, um, we've identified guys that 50% of how you feel has to happen in your lifestyle changes. Right. Uh, my body, myself, my everything has evolved over the last you know three years because I took control of my life going on TRT. And I'm very open about my TRT protocol to people because my goal in life right now is to break the stigma that because you're you're going on testosterone, you're less of a man, right? That it's, it's bullshit. It's like people are so afraid to say I'm on TRT. I, I'm 42. I have no issues telling people I feel great. I'm on TRT. This is what I do. And I think every man should contemplate going on TRT at a certain point in their life. It will change your life for the better. But also you got to take into consideration that it's going to improve your life, but you need to improve your lifestyle. You yeah. need that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's half and half. And one of the things that we've discussed with Chris as, as, as him becoming one of our residents here for Team Amino Pure is like, it's lifestyle changes. It's health changes, it's supplementation changes. So we want to group all of that together, guys, and, and put it in a package where if you change one thing, it's great. But can yeah. you imagine what kind of machine you're going to be if you change all three? Absolutely. It, it's yeah, a trick actor, right? We talk about that whole, like, the basketball team, right? And, like, let's just think about something so small, right? We talked about your receptors need to be open for your hormones to be able to fit in there. Perfect. Well, what happens if you're not pooping? Something so simple, right, that a lot of people actually struggle with. They'll be like, oh, I poop, like, every other day or every two days. That's great. 
for those endocrine disruptors that are plugging things up to leave your body, basically they have to get flushed in through your liver where they pass off through the colon, where they go through the body. If that is not happening, what happens is when bile breaks that down and toxins come into the body, they go to the liver. Some of them will bounce back in. So now it's like, there's no detoxification system going through the body. It doesn't matter if you're taking TRT, it's not going to feel the same. So it's kind of like you, we have to look at everything from all angles and make sure that you're dialed in. And, and, and if you're at home and you're just running a protocol and you're getting your TRT from a friend down the street, some of our <laughs> bros listening are getting it from their bros at the gym. And it's like these fundamentals we're talking about still apply to you. Liver, 100%. GI tract, digestion, like all of this matters. These are the big fucks, right? When we talk about big and little fucks. To all the bros out there that are listening to you we love you guys by the way um keep in <laughs> mind guys keep in mind um when you're running super physiological and i know this is more of a trt protocol we're yeah. not talking about super physiological dosages of tran or d-ball or, or anavar or whatever but still foundations the foundation is if you're not running an, uh, an acg and this is what i i honestly believe in I mean, that could be wrong yeah. somebody's opinion may be different but i've had so many people tell me that they're running you know, 500, 750, 1,000 milligrams of, of test. And the, this is the kicker. This is the kicker. And I ask, are you running an AI? What's that? Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's it. So for, for, so we're going we're gonna to switch a little bit real quick. And I know we're diverting from estrogen, but this, this is important, guys. This is important. Listen to this. Okay. We are not against bro science. We're, I got, we're, we are for educated decisions. So if you mm-hmm. choose, if you make a choice that you want to be a bodybuilder, you want to run a thousand milligrams of testosterone, good. Make sure you're doing it right. Make sure that you understand an astrosol. Make sure you understand what an AI does. Make sure that you're taking HCG. Make sure that you're, you're trying to protect your liver. Make sure that you're protecting your kidneys. Be responsible in your craft. Right. Kind of like getting your it's part of kind of like getting your meals in. Right. You know, everybody wants to be a bodybuilder. It's kind of what Ronnie Coleman said. Everybody wants to be a bodybuilder, but nobody wants to lift them heavy ass weights. Nobody wants to eat mm-hmm. all those meals a day. Right. Because it's a lot of food. Mm-hmm. And work. It's, the same yeah. thing with your, it's the same thing with your protocol. The, I have guys ask me all the time, like my, my guy friends and they're like, they want, they want this magic trick. And I'm like, check this out. How about we sleep better and stop drinking as much? And it's like, well, I don't know about that. Or like, you're like, <laughs> Like they think that there's just a magic that they're, they're missing 50, 50 migs of something. And I'm like, no, it's actually not. That it has a lot more to do with it. Like you have to work on your lifestyle too. You can't just, you can't want to look a certain way, but then not be willing to live that lifestyle or else don't expect those same results. If you want to live your life like a frat boy, then live your life like a fucking frat boy. Expect those frat boy results. Keep, keep in mind. And, and I think Vince nailed it when he said last week, when he said your best look is not always the healthiest. Yeah. Right. So, and that's trying to bridge that gap of bro science versus making educational scientific decisions. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to judge anybody because, Hey, I've done it. I've, what? I ran some of the stuff. So it's like, I'm, I'm what I'm trying to I've do. Done it. Yeah. 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 There you go. We've all done yeah. it. So yeah. we're not trying to, we're not trying to put anybody down. What we're trying to do is break that cycle of uneducated decisions that can hurt mm-hmm. your body. Right. Yeah. Make sure that you're taking a liver detox. Run your tutka. Run your yeah. AI. Run run things that are going to help you. I had a girl just a couple of weeks ago tell me, "Hey, I want I, I want to go on VAR, and my coach wants to start me at 50 milligrams." I'm like, "You're a girl. You're five foot one, 118 pounds. Why would you want to run on VAR at 50 milligrams straight from the 
from the get-go. She's really pushing for that clitoral sensitivity is what's going yeah, on. That's what, that's, that's what it is. I mean, like, and, I, and I tell girls right off the bat, it's like, hey, what should I expect? Well, you're going to have, maybe you may have high libido, but that bad boy is going to grow. <laughs> 50 yeah. milligrams, yeah. it's going to grow. It, it may feel really good for a while, but after running yeah. for, for a long period of time, you may start having some issues there. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. So what we're trying to say is let's bridge that gap between, hey, if you're going to run super physiological dosages of something, and we're going to need that for bro talk too, by the way, but make sure that you're taking proactivity in running an estrogen blocker. Make sure that you're running, getting dialed in. Make sure you talk about HCG, like what protocols we should, like people should be running with HCG, when to run it, when not to run it. Do women need to run it with TRT? Love it. But let's leave that for the last phase. Let's talk about it. No, 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 that's actually really good. It's actually good for us to talk about. We want to talk about that. But we talk about a little bit about men. Chris, dive into seven women. Women, like estrogen in women, which women are. Yeah. By the way, I love women. I think they're um, the most complex people in the world. He leans into his thing every time he wants to sound sexy. Like it's like he leans into the microphone and he's like, I love women. Yeah, we get it, dude. Dude, I love women too. Did I, did I tell you that women? Okay. No, but I, I honestly, I honestly think that women are, you know, their, their bodies are different. So explain to us uh, the complexity of a, of a woman's phys- from a physiological standpoint, the complexity of women, their hormones and how estrogen plays a, a role. And the, and how do you, how do you monitor, how do you manipulate estrogen when it comes to females? Mm. So, um, so when it comes to, men versus women what's what's fascinating to me is that um it's the same estrogen is the same molecule in a man that it is in a woman and many of the receptors are are very similar in a way you know and and the response of of higher estrogen in in men um is actually the, a very similar response to a high estrogen in females also wow. the difference is that our sensitivity is different so for guys it's going to sound a little funny at first but just hear me out so guys are actually not very sensitive to testosterone guys are very sensitive to estrogen typically so that that's why our our for guys their testosterone level has to be so high yeah. it's kind of like being sensitive to spicy food like you're going to need a lot of hot sauce if you're not very sensitive to something you know, and, but if you are, then just a little bit will do the trick. So like for women, it's the opposite for women, like, uh, their test, they are very sensitive to testosterone. So they don't need super high levels of testosterone necessarily. Um, but for their estrogen, they're not very sensitive to estrogen. So most women, they can on a normal regular month, like a female can go from an estradiol of 30 to 350. Yeah. 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 In one month. And that's just a normal month. That's not even anything crazy. Now, if a guy goes through that, most guys out there will be ready to shoot themselves in the face. Like, you know, so like that, so it's, it's, so it's fascinating how similar it is. Like one of the reasons why I was running a little bit late today, I was talking to a patient and this patient was, um, was talking to me about some things that they were experiencing, some issues they were having. Um, and, um, uh, fatigue, like this person is a, she, uh, is a teacher. So, you know, they're, they're up at the podium, you know, doing their teaching and they feel like their eyes getting heavy and they just want to fall asleep. Like right there, like that fatigue that kind of comes out of nowhere. You know, if you guys have really had hormone problems, like, you know, that's a big one. Um, uh, just generalized weakness, no motivation, low sex drive, water weight gain, you know, and, uh, and, and what else mood changes, they're feeling irritable. They're feeling like they sat down to a movie and just started crying out of nowhere to some like, you know, princess movie or something. And, um, they're like, Chris, what the heck is going on? 
you know, so Ron, does it, does that, that picture, does it sound familiar? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Cause that's happened, so things, that's happened to me. Yeah. That, that was a female. Oh, wow. That was a woman, Wow. you know, and that, and who was having problems with their, with her, her estrogen, you know, her, she was, her estrogen rising too high or, and basically her estrogen being unopposed. Actually, she got off of her therapy for several months, her testosterone therapy. And, um, so her, um, she's in that like premenopausal state. So her estrogen was really rising high and, and, and bouncing around and her total testosterone was tanked. And her progesterone was awful also. Yeah. So, you know, major, major um, balances, right? I mean, major at some progesterone issues, low T, yeah. high estrogen. It's almost like it's once dominant. progesterone goes, it's almost like, and I don't know if this is the wrong thinking, but it's like, it's like Jenga, right? And it's like progesterone is this big block. And then you pull progesterone out and everything starts to get wobbly and fucked, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of like, it's kind of like, it's like when they say the straw that broke the camel's back, I feel like when progesterone goes, everything's unpredictable fluctuates periods are inconsistent heavy not heavy it's it's but one thing that is drastically different is that for for women progesterone is a really big factor mm. you know but it's um but as far as your level of progesterone goes it it doesn't take a lot it doesn't yeah. take a lot the high levels you know but for guys like we do not do well with progesterone mm-hmm. typically mm-hmm. we do not like, that's one thing that is, that is like most things with, with HRT are there's, there's a lot of like uh, correlations between men and women, except progesterone like that one. Cause a man's progesterone to rise. 19 nor 19 nor. And we're talking about like the, tr- I think the, the trend, right? Trend, 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 Deca. Deca. Yeah, that's where the deck mm-hmm. it comes into play, guys, and then yep. all the nineteen yep. those things convert so into pro- they convert into progesterone first, and then they go from progesterone into prolactin. Yeah, okay, and, okay and, and, so that's the that's the yeah. that's the cascade I was looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. And FYI for our, for for our brothers that are listening to, and that running super physiological doses or running things such as trend and Deca, uh, the the best way to 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 um, combat that would be caper line, correct, Chris? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Caber. Caber is a good one. And, but see, those are, those are kind of like prolactin is, is, is a funny one. Once it once it becomes prolactin, then I've had guys that, that haven't been on trend for years and their prolactin just persistently stays high. Oh, wow. You know, it's just, it's weird. Yeah. I, I've, prolactin does some weird things. Huh? You know, so yeah, how you, but how, how do you get it down? I mean, you 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 tell them to caber. Go caber? Uh, you, yeah, they just yeah, we can do eight weeks of caber, and then once you put prolactin back in its place again, then it's fine. Well, you know, it, it's good. It's, it could take up to eight weeks to get your prolactin levels back in norm in a normal phase. That's what I usually put guys on eight weeks. Wow. Yeah, I expect to change. It depends on how bad off it is, but I expect to change in about six, and then we just knock it out with eight. Do you, you know? use estrogen with um? perimenopausal women or do you typically increase progesterone and testosterone and let it aromatize over or does that's that's what i typically like to do because i'm kind of a less is more type of guy yeah i would like to let their body convert it on its own and see how it goes you know versus try and put try and throw two variables out and then have to try and play off of both you're basically prescribing tests and allowing it to aromatize yeah. Right, mm-hmm. convert into estrogen. Their body levels itself in a natural cycle. Yeah. So for this patient, for example, like she was not on, she she got off of her TRT. Um, I put her back on her TRT and her estrogen was already pretty high for her. She was having a lot of estrogen side effects. So I put her on that and then I put her on some Viking estrogen control that I formulated to help balance out and kind of smooth out her, her estrogen, 
you know, because if I'm putting her on test then I'm going to be um, increasing her estrogen a little bit, but, but there's a big difference between um, an estradiol of let's say a hundred, if it's unopposed, a 100 estradiol versus an estradiol of a hundred, and then you have appropriate levels of progesterone and testosterone, then you're probably fine. Yeah. You know, but a um, big difference there. Do you, can we talk about HCG with women? Sure. Let- no. I mean, yes. Go ahead. <laughs> He's like, don't ever, don't ever fucking mention HCG again. Do you no, ever. He's great. No, I'm just, mess- I'm just messing with you. Okay. <laughs> like, cause I'm like, how, okay. So like, when is it appropriate to add HCG and to not, and then do women ever need to add HCG when using TRT? Generally, no. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think you, they, they need to do that. Um, because HCG is, is, uh, is a very, very simple peptide signaling hormone. HCG is designed to go down to the, to the gonads, whether it's the testicles or the ovaries and crank things up. That's all it does. So if we're going to be doing that in the ovaries, we're going to be cranking everything up. So that can, that can have an impact on, you know, their, uh, females like testosterone production on their estrogen balance and what's going on there on their periods, on their, um, on their, you know, fertility, like it can have like, can it, it can, have can it help with amenorrhea? It depends why the amenorrhea is there in the first place. Cause sometimes women can have, um, it depends why it's there in the first place. Yeah. You know? It could yeah. make it amenorrhea like worse. Like it could it could shift it to the other to the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No fun. And then when do you add in HCG for TRT for men? Well, for men, like um, uh, I like to use HCG for guys to maintain the natural testicular function. Okay. You know, because just being on testosterone, it doesn't matter if you know. Usually, it doesn't matter if you're on. I think anywhere, uh, anything above like probably 75 milligrams of testosterone per week is enough to shut off the, um, the, um, the feedback loop inside the brain in your pituitary yeah. gland. So it's enough to, to, to stop the brain from, uh, from keeping the lights on in the factory downstairs, you know? So, so it doesn't matter if you're on 75 or 500, so you, you know, you've seen, up to, you've, seen, you've seen it at 75. I thought it maybe like a hundred, but you've seen some, some reports of people being at, on 75 milligrams of tests and, and shutting, shutting down there. Mm-hmm. Wow. And mm-hmm. testicular shrinkage and the whole night. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so testicular atrophy. So it doesn't take much. Again, going back to what we mentioned earlier, all the guys are running high levels of testosterone for bodybuilding purposes, not for TRT purposes. It, it would be a good idea for you guys to, to really contemplate going on HCG as well to make to ensure that your body's still functioning, your testicular, your, your, your testicles are still functioning accordingly. And, uh, you know, do yourself a favor, really invest in AI. 250 maybe? Quick. Yeah. Uh, 250 twice a week is sub Q is the lowest effective dose, generally speaking. Um, but the, the one thing I hear most about HCG is that, Oh, I don't need that because I don't want any kids. And so that, that's all, that's for people that don't know, you know, the difference or they just, they, they read it somewhere or whatever. Um, most of the guys that run out of HCG, you want to know what they say? <laughs> like, <laughs> if you if they run out of HCG, then <laughs> their biggest complaint is um, is sexual function. You know, they're like 
sexually, like, um, my, my erections aren't the same. I lost my, I lost my sensitivity. My orgasms are not as strong. Like my ejaculate semen, like how much comes out is like nothing now, you know? Um, and, or I can't have an orgasm at all. Is that because know, like, they're on ACG or because they're not on ACG? They're not. No, that's if they, that's if they know the difference or they're on HCG and all of a sudden they just stop taking it or they run out or they break their bottle or whatever. Gotcha. Like, that's what, you know, like what, what it's real when, when you're, when you're not taking something, that's when you realize what it's really doing. So what you're saying is HCG will help with orgasms. Yes. Overall length of yeah. interaction. Yeah. Badass. Cool. I mean, like that's because yeah. I think that's. That's kind of like one of the things where it's like, is it an estrogen issue or do you just need to run HCG? It's like, okay, if you're, if you're already taking an AI and that's an issue, then the next question is, are you running HCG? Right. Mm -hmm. Because I do a lot of guys like, I just can't come. No, this is kind of weird. Yeah. No, that's what they're telling me. A lot, of, yeah. a lot of my guys are like, no, but like my guy friends, you know, like the pros <laughs> in the gym, I swear to God. Um, like they, like, you know, it's like we talk, right. It's like, okay, well, like what's the issue, right. It's not just like one thing or the next. And it's like the function is huge. No, I, I think we've people that have run different protocols from a bodybuilding standpoint. I've, I've had that same issue where you just, man, you erections are not There's an issue there. Yeah, yeah, it's just like I mean, no matter you're sweating up a storm, and it doesn't matter. You just can't seem to to to, to get off if you want to call it. So there's mm -hmm. different protocols that you need to pay attention from 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 a from a scientific approach. Actually, you know what what do you, what do you want to do with your with your with your body? What do you want it to function? Some you want some some level of normality where your 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 libido's healthy, your body's healthy, your your fluids are healthy, everything's healthy. That's that's our goal, right? I mean, it, it, some people I think they get and we've talked about this with Sonia, they get so caught up on being the biggest being I, I want to look like I'm 350 pounds of solid rock muscle. But if you're thing doesn't work who keeps that shit who cares yeah right let's, yeah. let's, let's well, that goes down it. that goes down to blasting versus cruising i think and when it comes to this kind of stuff like long term like it, it's the body does not like blasting over you know over long periods of time you know it does it it it, it starts to create problems so if you if you want to look like you're 300 pounds of solid muscle fine that's great you know um there are ways to do that safely optimally if you keep all of all of those factors that are important for your life in perspective and you do what you're supposed to do you can get there but you have to be more patient you know and, and if you're longer. patient then it takes longer. If, longer if you're more patient you can you can do that in a very healthy way there's nothing wrong with looking like that you can do that in a very healthy way and, and use the medications optimally to make that happen but like i had a guy <laughs> i had a guy just today that um he told me flat out, he's very honest you know and this is great i mean he told me flat out he was like you know, honestly, I've, I've been lazy, you know, I kind of tweaked my back like a while back, like last year, but I literally have not been in the gym in, you know, probably six or eight months, but my birthday is coming up in two months and I want to look shredded and, <laughs> and it's not on anything now. And I'm like, uh, okay. Like, you know, and let, he's, you know, my magic wand real quick. Hold on one second. <laughs> yeah. And he, and he, he seriously, his goal is to lose 50 pounds in two months and he wants to look shredded and, 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 you know, the body doesn't like that. It would not like that, you know, without an amputation. I, I think the body likes homeostasis where it, it finds yeah. a, a rhythm. Uh, it's kind of like if you guys ever been in a, in, in a, in a fat loss journey and you're dieting and I've, and I've been there actually, as a matter of fact, last year uh, where you get to a point where your body's just, 
you're riding that roller coaster, right? And all of a sudden you're just on that, that oof, on that peak and then that drop where you drop every week, drop, drop, drop. You're still feeling good. Your energy's great. And you're just riding that roller coaster. Your body's just on a roll, right? Your body found a place where it's comfortable. And then you, you crash into a wall and your body gets to a point that is like, Hey, I don't feel comfortable at this weight. And your body's going to fight you. And then mm-hmm. you think, well, I got to do more cardio or more drugs, more cardio or more drugs, less food, more cardio, more drugs. Well, Sonia, what is that going to happen to what's, what's going to happen when you do more cardio, more drugs, less food? Let me just explain this. Like your your body, right, gets set in fight or flight, right? It's basically like your body is trying to not protect itself. That's why it shut everything down because it said, whoa. And when it tries to protect itself, it doesn't just shut one thing down. It shuts all things down, which means it downregulates your thyroids. It's going to downregulate your sex hormones just to protect itself. And so now you're adding in more drugs. You're downregulating this things. Maybe you're adding in clen or T3. Your thyroid is downregulating. Like, your digestion is off. Your, your body is literally trying to fight the exact process. And it, it normally comes with a body fat percentage and not necessarily time dieting. So like, let me elaborate on that. It, it like, you can do pretty good, like on lower food. And then all of a sudden, once your body doesn't have enough body fat to burn, then it starts to look for other sources and really try to protect itself. Mm -hmm. And this is why you cannot compare to fat loss phases. I had a client today and she's had a higher body fat percentage. We got her down to 20 or 19% body fat. She, we reversed her up, got her food up again, high. She was up at 21 (laughs) and now we're dieting again. And she came from 30 the first time. And I told her, wow, losing half of a pound a week. That's great. You're, you're in your fifties. You're not on any TRT and you have muscle. You cannot expect your body to let go of body fat when it has a lot less body fat. It's going to want to let go of muscle. It's going to want to use muscle naturally. Exactly. So it's like the leaner you get, the more you have to look at these things. And that's why you cannot compare your previous fat loss journey to like another fat loss journeys because each one is going to be different in its own way, depending on where your body fat percentage is when you were talking about, um, and we're getting off the, the TRT uh, subject for just a little bit here, when you're talking about uh, incorporating anabolics, um, and we, we talked about more cardio, less food, more drugs, your body gets to a point where you're like, and I've had this happen, not to me, but I've had people tell me, um, and they tell you, but I'm at least I'm dropping. Well, how much are you dropping? Well, I'm dropping, you know. Uh, what are you dropping? Yeah, that's it. My thunder. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Exactly. What are you dropping? Number one. Number two is your diet is not really doing the work. You know what's doing the work? It's all the drugs that you're taking right now. And as you're adding more drugs, your body's going to fight you even more because number one, your cortisol levels are probably skyrocketed, right? Number one. Number two, your adrenals are probably shot. So you're creating this perfect storm of shit that is coming your way. That's really what's happening. Inside your body, you're creating the storm that is a matter of time. It's gonna, it's gonna sink you, and, and you will feel it. And then you'll, you'll, you, what you're gonna do is you're gonna get off of everything, and everything that you are 
everything that you try to build, that 230 pounds of lean, solid, hard granite rock is going to go out the drain because you did not know how to manipulate the drugs, manipulate your hormones, manipulate your lifestyle, and take into consideration the fact that there's things that you can take to support that lifestyle. We're not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. I'm not selling you. I'm knocking it. I'm just saying there's support supplements that you need. The, The amount of people and this is more for bro talk too, damn it. But we got to talk about this. The amount of people that run super physiological dosages of anabolics and do not take liver support, live 52, Tudka, oh, milk thristle. It's ast- astonishing to me. What's that? Are you, are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. It, it's crazy. Yeah. So honestly, like when it comes down to it, like the, the guys that are on, you know, the super, super low conservative, like testosterone cream or whatever, the really low injectables, you have to, you, you can afford to be, to be pretty complacent or like whatever about it. But the higher, the higher you go, you know, in super physiological doses, you have to be smarter and smarter and smarter about what you're doing, the and higher you go. And that, that's basically what it comes down to. Yeah. The stress it puts on the body too. You end up just fucking slamming your head on a wall at a certain point, because what happens is we talked about this di- disrupted circadian rhythm disrupted glucadium rhythm your circadian rhythm is the controller it entrains almost all processes of insulin secretion and creation inside of the body and the way that glucose is stored and released inside of the body you start messing with that you're gonna you're you're and then you're, and then you're trying to diet and all of a sudden your carbs are just treating your body a whole lot different. Your pumps aren't there. Your outpoint is there. The way that your body uses glucose is uses is insulin is so closely tied into your circadian rhythm when that's disrupted. And then you add in this other stuff. You're literally like, you're just fucked. Trust me. <laughs> I, I mean, just it's, trust it's, so, me. it's so funny how she starts getting all geeky and scientific. And then she says, you're just fucked. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> that I'm done. That's how you know I'm tired. What I'm trying to say is just like you're fine. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. So let's 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 dial it back to uh, HCG. So we talked a little bit about HCG. We think it's like I, I think it's a must. I actually run uh, 500 uh, micrograms twice. Um, and the interesting thing about some people, they think that because they're running uh, HCG, and I've had two people. I have more than two people. Two sides of the of the whole HCG bandwagon, right? Some people say, well. I don't want to get my girlfriend pregnant, so I'm not going to run ACG. That was a, that was a one one mm-hmm. that was telling me that. And then the other side is, well, if I if how fertile am I going to be if I run a thousand micrograms of ACG, right? Guys, don't use ACG as birth control. Have we have we said that before? I think we have, right, Chris? So t- dive a little bit about yeah. that about the misinterpretation of ACG and birth control, and. Uh, We'll finish with that, and then we'll dive a little bit more into into, into support supplements uh, and talk a little bit about that. So, you know, it kind of depends on what you're going for. Like, uh, HCG is not um, it's not 100, you know, for <gasps> for birth control. I I wouldn't look at it that way. Um, uh, HCG has so many other benefits beyond um, um, uh, just just you know in, in your natural production of testosterone and and uh, your natural testicular function. But I mean, there have been some studies out there that show that if you're on testosterone and you're not taking HCG, then, um, then it decreases your fertility, obviously significantly, but, um, I wouldn't depend on that. <laughs> like, um, if it was me, but, um, but, but yeah, so like, uh, I, I think, it, I think HCG is a, is a great complement to your TRT. Is it a must? No, it's not a must, but, um, 
but it, you know, if you want to get the most out of, um, out of, uh, out of a protocol, I, I think it's, uh, it's definitely a key factor and worth looking into. Um, now I do have some guys that, you know, it depends on what your, what your goals are and what your what you need. Like I have some guys that will, we'll do it. We'll do a trial of HCG for, you know, um, 10 weeks or 20 weeks even, and then we'll try it without it. And, you know, then you decide for yourself, you know, there's, there's not any permanency to that. You can switch the factory on, you can switch it off and turn it back on again. Um, but generally when we do that, guys typically stay on HCG, but uh, I don't know. I don't force them. So, so let me ask you a question. What, what effects does HCG have on estrogen? There's a question for you. So un- unfortunately, a lot of guys like mistakenly think that HCG, you know, causes directly causes their estrogen. You know, oh, well, when I started taking HCG, I started getting acne. It's the HCG's fault. And really it's not like HCG is a very simple light switch and it goes in, flips on the light switch to the testicular factory. That's it. So if your testosterone now with HCG on board, your body's naturally producing 400, 500 of tests. And then you're injecting on top of that then, you know, yeah, your estrogen balance is going to be different, you know, with an extra 500 test on board. So you have to, if you're not accounting for that, then yeah, then your, your estradiol is going to be, is going to be too high and you're going to have some issues. So, you know, it's just a matter of accounting for the entire balance, you know, HCG by itself does not directly create estrogen or anything like that at all. It just doesn't. So it's, it's an indirect, it's an indirect correlation to more like testosterone, which then aromatase yeah. estrogen. That's what you're saying. Yes. That's yeah. a natural pathway. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Excellent. I think, and what are your thoughts on this? I had two girls, actually two ladies, actually uh, send me messages uh, about with regards to HCG diet. And I, you know, what I told them was I can't comment on the HCG diet because I'll be honest with you. I meet, and, I, and again, I don't, I want to come across like, we're very open-minded here at Harfax Fitness. We want to give you guys the facts. I, we don't judge, but we, we, I can say we're kind of a little bit, a little bit of uh, opinionated when it comes to certain protocols, what's good, what's bad. Ultimately, we want to make sure that you guys make your own decisions um, intelligently. And hopefully you take in your, your health in, in, in constraints into, into, into your mind, into mind. But I hate the HCG diet, me personally. And I've, I've only, I only know very little about it. So I can't really comment, but for the very little that I have read, I think is horrible. Um, chime in a little bit with regards to ACG to kind of cater to some of our, the ladies that listen to, to this podcast and are inquiring about it. So the, the ACG diet is like a marketing um, farce. Like it's not, it's not real. The, um, so basically, and oh, I, I should say this, it's, um, it's marketed poorly. Like they, you think that the HCG is doing everything. If I were to give you an injection of bacteriostatic water and put you on a 500 calorie diet, you know, <laughs> then yeah, you know, you're, you're going to, you probably lose some weight in an unhealthy way and you're not going to feel awesome, you know, and, and then, you know, so it, what HCG is going to do um, the, the protocol for an HCG diet is like injecting HCG is it is going to give you a small bump in your testosterone level. It can do that. Um, it's not as near as effective as to taking actual TRT by itself, but just doing that, you are, you are, you have someone that is, that is screwing around with your hormone balance that is not that in, in nine times out of 10 people that prescribe the H the HCG diet, they're not hormone specialists, like 99% of the time. 
you know, so, I mean, maybe some out there are, but like, you know, generally speaking, they're, they're not, you know, so someone is, is fiddling around with, with your hormone balance when you're, when, when they really, when they're not trained in, in that, you know? Um, so I, I don't like doing that, you know, type of diet in, in general, any kind of diet where you have to be on 500 calories per, you know, per day is, um, Asinine. run, run. Yeah. It's Asinine. just unnatural. So I'm going to touch base a little bit about that. And then I know Sonia has uh, some interjection to me, do we, but this is my feeling on ACG diet. Okay. And, and I'm not a, I'm not a guru, but this is what I really believe in. Anytime you're taking, uh, consuming 500 calories a day, and I don't care how big you are, how small you are, 500 calories, me personally, and as much research as I've done from a nutritional standpoint and, and being coached with some of the best coaches in, in the industry, um, I wouldn't want to see anybody teetering around anything lower than 1200 calories. And I know that some competitors have to go around that range to, to get to their elite physique for a show. Um, I think 1200 calories is really the bottom line for a girl to see. I know some girls sometimes go into a thousand and that's pushing the limits of what your body's going to look like, but it's the, the, the pushing the limits of how you feel inside and the damage that is doing to your hormones. Uh, so you want to say something? I will say this. Now, when we talk about this 1200, as a coach, when we talk about this 1200 calories, it is a big difference between 180 pound woman eating 1200 calories and 105 pound woman. Okay. So like there's a time as a coach, you got to take them there, but we're talking like, I'm talking about a bikini athlete. That's a hundred, 105 pounds. So they're eating 10 times their body weight. So it's kind of like when we throw these numbers out there, he's more talking on a, on a gen pop eating very low fat on top of it, high protein diets where they're just getting wrecked. In, in some of the bikini competitors, when you look at them or you talk to them and they're like, I'm a 1200 and like, that's really like, I mean, I mean, anybody that's overweight eating 1200 calories, it's going to be a no, no. If you're 180 pounds, five, four, five foot four, 180 pounds, you got no business eating 1200 calories to begin with, let alone 500. Because once you go on an, an, an HCG diet, this is what I feel about HCG diet. Cause I've had some people ask me, you're slowing your metabolism so much. I mean, you're, yes, that's you're exactly crawling. Right. you are crawling at that point. Right. So in your mind, the HCG is doing all the work. Well, Chris just said it right now, and I, and I share his sentiment. Well, you're eating 500 calories. You're, you're in starvation mode at that point. So mm-hmm. once you're done with your infamous or famous HCG diet and you stop taking HCG, what's going to happen? You just start eating like yeah. a normal person, right? And that metabolism is crawling, right? So what's going to happen? Bounce you're, back. You're going to blow up like a balloon. I mean, especially mm-hmm. if you don't know how to phase your food back in, uh, you know, you, you've been in starvation mode for such a long period of time that you're going to want to eat everything in sight and talk to any competitor. Sonia, listen to this. Talk to any competitor that has been dieted for a long period of time and eating 1200 calories and being low carb. And then you give them a little bit of sugar. It's like you're on crack. You can't stop. Right. How many competitors do I know that after a show they eat and they're like, I couldn't stop, bro. I, I couldn't hop. stop. I hop. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna I hop. chemical response too, because what happens is your Don't adrenaline me. and your leptin are just out of whack. And to top mm-hmm. it off, your body's in such a place where it's saying high calorie, high calorie, high calorie, high calorie. It's programmed for survival. So it literally flips the switch. Mm-hmm. 
And then you just feel like shit and then you over cardio that it's really, it's a bad place to been there, been in there. Like I always say, like, got the t-shirt, gone through the binge eating cycle. Like it's not fun. Yeah. So that, that's my it's take Fun in the moment every once in a while, but it's not fun. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> that's my take on HCG diet ladies. Um, I don't think any guy would go on, <laughs> but that's just my take on HCG diet. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. I don't, I would never push anybody on that. I think there's proper ways of dieting. If you guys need some help, we have some good coaches. Sony's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag I take new clients. I will say this though. Like a lot of times we want, we want it to be so simple. Oh, I, I, I am a hormone specialist, like not very different than what Chris does. But like people will come to me and they're like, I know it's hormonal. And guess what? Sometimes it's not fucking hormonal. It's that you are eating more than you think. And you're not moving enough. Mm-hmm. And for anything to change, you have to make changes. If you think that changing one thing, cutting carbs, just injecting yourself, um, taking Anavar, um, taking growth, uh, just doing one thing is going to make a huge difference and get you from where you are grossly disappointed with your body to where you always wanted to be, you are dead wrong. I cannot tell you how many people come to me and they say, I want to look like I'm prepping for a show, but I don't want to prep <laughs> like a show. Guess what? Get ready to eat dirt, train, sleep, eat, train, sleep, eat, train, sleep, eat. If you want to look it, you got to work it. Bottom line. Be the then part, look the part. That's for damn exactly. sure. These fucking things on Instagram where it's like someone's 30 pounds overweight and then they're just like, they're shredded like a CrossFit athlete. athlete. They, they are not 80, 20. No, they're 100% balls to the wall all in. And this is the only thing they've probably focused on for the past three, four, five, six, eight months. So if you think Mm -hmm. that just taking HCG is going to make a difference in your life and not getting the foundations you're just setting yourself back even further and putting your, yourself in more metabolic distress. It's a lifestyle. It's like, it really boils down to lifestyle. And I, I look at Chris right now. I know you guys can't see us. I look at Chris, right? Chris, you're young. You're like 22 probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm 23, by the way. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Uh, we're both in our 40s. I'm the kidding. sugar mama in this relationship. She's a, she's a sugar mommy. Um, but if you really look at things, Chris is an athletic male. I'm a, I'm a, I always say I'm a fat kid that, you know, tries to portray himself as a <laughs> Uh, you're like ripped so it's one of those things where we're kind of like um am i planning to do a show not really i'm just too busy doing other stuff but chris mentioned it earlier he got his cardio in the morning because he knew he had a full day Mm -hmm. i'm getting my workout done after this podcast because i live the lifestyle here's my chicken and rice right here with vegetables i live the lifestyle i supplement my body with with amino um with some (laughs) of our products and I take care of my hormones. Can I improve? We can always improve. How do, how can I improve? And let me share my story real quick. How can I improve? Sonia checked up on me today. She goes, did you sleep? That's my issue. Sleep. And it's bad. It's really bad. I have so many things going on right now. Projects work, whatever it is. My stress levels are a little high. So what do I do? You know, cortisol reset. Why? I learned that I have to do that in order to keep myself moving in the right direction. More drugs is not the answer. Right. More smart. I took more education. Listen to this guys. Check this out, Chris. I took two days off from the gym this week because I was absolutely, and I'm going to curse right now. I was a fuck mess for two days in a row where I was just mentally exhausted. Just, Mm -hmm. and I don't miss the gym very often. Sonia knows I don't miss the gym that those two days. And I said, you know what? I need to rest 
in order to be better the next day. Mm-hmm. And I did. The next day I went to the gym, I crushed it. I felt much better. I had, was rested. So what I'm trying to say is you got to live the lifestyle, guys. You got to be the part, act the part, eat the part. Everybody wants to be a bodybuilder because they go to the gym and they think that you, you know, 23 hours out of the, out of the day, you got to be the, that bodybuilder. You right. got to eat, sleep, rest, make rest. your food. Rest. Wait, say it one more time. You've got to eat, sleep, sexy. rest. rest. That is the biggest thing. I think like, right? Like I wish I would have known then what I know now, right? This is a moment for you guys. Okay. Where he just said, I had to take two days off for the gym because his biofeedback was telling him he needed to take two days Mm -hmm. off instead of pushing harder. What we're, we're doing the same thing today. Cortisol reset. I just traveled. I've been getting shitty sleep. I did not miss my training when I was there. Now I, now what I did do is one day I was like, if I train today, I'm going to get hurt. So I just did extra cardio because I still have goals, but today I'm traveling. I'm not training today. I'm doing a full cortisol reset, which maybe we'll do a podcast on what we mean by that full cortisol reset. So I can tear shit up this week. Bottom line. That's what it is. That's what it boils down to. Um, Understanding your body, understanding biofeedback before I think back, uh, even before I started with Jason, uh, if I would have known back then what I know now, if I would have known my twenties, what I do now, my forties, right. Or my thirties, I would still have natural hormones. <clears throat> I would be in a different place. I, I really would. You know, before it's like, I gotta go. I gotta push more and more and more. Cause you're looking at all these videos of these people. And, and like I've always said it, social media, right? Um, you look at, and, and don't be, don't be misconstrued by social media guys. I, 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 I love social media because it's a portal to, to us doing what we do. But a lot of times you see a lot of fake stuff that is not real. And I always say that if, if I would have known back then what I know now, I would be in a different place. But guess what? I'm utilizing the knowledge that I'm gathering now to make those changes. Do I feel better? Yes. I just told Sonia earlier today, it's like, hey, it's so freaking funny. I actually feel leaner. I feel leaner than I was last oh, yeah. week, right? I, start, I have certain striations in my shoulders. I see striations in my back. So how is that? Because I'm not pushing as hard. I'm, I'm reading what my body's telling me. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, so I was just going to say like, um, you know, just like you, you got to be careful with what you see on social media and how you, how you decipher things. You have to be careful at how you look at the old you, you know, I get this a lot, you know, people okay. will tell me, Hey, you know, I know how to lose weight. <laughs> you know, I've lost 20 pounds before doing such and such and such and such. And I just need to lose another 60. And I know how to do that. I can just keep doing whatever. And so what this, what this whole podcast is about and what us getting together and and talking and preaching about all kinds of things. Yes, there are a lot of ways to make the scale go down, but you know, the, the best way to reach your goals is through learning, through educating yourself, biofeedback, learning how to listen to your body and then doing the appropriate things to maximize the machine that you've got. Cause guess what? We only get one. We only get one to work with, you know? And, and I think, I think that's like the, the key to all of this, you know, cause something that might work for Ron might not work for me, you know? So, um, and, and being smart about it as intelligent as we can, you know, it is, uh, it is, it's so, so, so key. And to do that, we have to reach out to people, you know, and learn from them and have a team around us, you know, professionals, like Sonia, that's, that's a coach like Ron, that is, is an expert when it comes to supplements, you know, and 
a hormone specialist, you know, maybe I know a guy, you know, but like there's, I, I know one, his name is Chris Neal, by the way, he's our resident hormone guru here at team amino pure. I just had to throw that in there. If you have any questions you don't feel, feel free to reach to us guys. Hit me up, hit me up. Yeah. So well, they, they, but it's so critical. It's mostly critical so that we can learn so that we can learn about our bodies, you know, I couldn't say it better. I mean, you, you, you knocked that out of the ballpark. And I know we started talking about estrogen and we start getting into lifestyle and it all correlates guys. I mean, we talked a little bit of bro stuff and, and we're going to have bro talk too coming up next with uh, Austin, right? Yeah. We're going to do bro talk, PDs, SARMs, cholesterol, trigs. It's going to be dope. I'm, I'm stoked because of the feedback. That all we're my favorite episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's every time we launches, I'm like, all right guys, I know I said this last this time. This is my favorite. It's really my favorite. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's going to be great. And I hope that you guys are, are, are taking all this information, knowledgeable uh, knowledgeable information from some of our, our specialists that are coming on here. But it, it's so true what, what Chris just said. It's like we, we're building – I, I like the dramatic side. I said we're building an army here, guys. We're building an, an army of team of people, of experts, that we can always consult with one another. We're building our, our team here at Amino Pure, Team Amino Pure, to really help you guys out as much as we can. A lot of good stuff's coming. I mean, stay tuned because I'm stoked, Chris. A lot of good stuff is coming. Stay tuned for that. Um, a lot of projects. And let's, let's, before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about HGH. I know we've been on for a little bit here. So let's talk about HGH because HGH is a topic of discussion that always comes up. Growth, 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 right? So let's talk about a little bit about HGH. And I know that you're a, a big fan of Samorlin. So let's let's dial it back a little bit with regards to growth hormone in HRT. I run a growth hormone in my in my protocol two I use. I, I found that three I use is probably a little bit better for me, uh, and I like it. You have something to say, Sonia? I was just gonna be a smart ass and say more is not always better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends yeah. what you're talking about. But. <laughs> I want to run three too. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it, I, I think you get to a point where, you know, and, and I get that a lot from L-carnitine. Like people tell me, well, well, if I run 1400 milligrams, I said, well, 1400, you're, your brains out. You reach a point of diminishing returns at one point, right? Mm-hmm. You can do just as yeah. good with a thousand. Do I see benefits from 500 to a thousand? Absolutely. I had a client just send me a message. like, I lost 40 pounds in three and a half months with a wow. 500 milligram of L-carnitine. We don't make this up guys. I post them, the messages, and I put their Instagram handles and people say, hey, this is legitimate stuff. The products that Immune Group is the real deal. We're changing lives. Going back to what I was saying about growth hormone, explain to us really quick, is, is running a peptide like Samorlin, Ipamorlin, uh, Tessamorlin, any of those, is that comparable to HEH and how does that affect the hyperplasia and the fat loss? Is it comparable in the, in every regards to grow, the, the 181 amino acids that HEH is, or is it just a fraction, kind of like a frag? Does my question make sense? So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so in order to look at that, like I, I did a, I did a video, um, or one of my geek out sessions on YouTube on real science with Chris Neal, where, um, I break down the, the growth hormone family. And really like the, the biggest problem is that most of us, we, we look at hormones, we kind of, we have a hard time wrapping our mind around like three dimensionally what's going on with, with hormones. We think, we think about HGH, we think about the list of cool things that it does. And that, that's really all we can really visualize. Okay. You inject it and it does cool stuff, you know, but, but it's not really like that. So like testosterone, for example, and I think I've talked about this before, testosterone is a very linear hormone. 
meaning that you inject testosterone, for example, it floats around in your body. It eventually attaches to testosterone receptors and does testosterone work. If you ever want to check it, you check testosterone, right? So it's very easy to, to visualize that. Growth hormone is a peptide hormone, peptide signaling hormone. So any of the growth hormone factors are like that. So it's much, much different, very, very different from, from a linear type of format. It's more like, it's more like dominoes, you know? So the, my, my domino picture is kind of like this. You know, people used to, used to set up dominoes in a, in a row, and then those dominoes would fan out and turn into this big, beautiful picture. Right. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's, a cascade of dominoes that ultimately, ultimately, ultimately end up with the big, beautiful picture, which is, which is what we want. Part of that big, beautiful picture is sleep, hair, skin, nails, weight loss. Okay. And when I, when I talk about growth hormone, weight loss, I usually call it metabolic efficiency because that's, I think it's a better term for it, but, um, all of those things are very, very important. So that's, but that's just part of the actual, um, part of the actual function and picture, but that's on the very tail end of our domino picture. So if we were to go to the very beginning, the very front end of our dominoes and how it works, that starts in the brain and works its way down and fans out. If we were to pick up domino number five and pick it up and look at it, it would say HGH on the domino itself. If we put the domino back down. The body doesn't really care that much. It's just another domino, just like any of the others. If we were to pick up domino number four, for instance, it would say growth hormone, releasing hormone, which is samorolin is a synthetic version of that. There's other hormones, other factors, tessamorolin, you know, um, uh, ipamorolin, CJC1295. They all kind of act on this front end of the whole domino thing when it's still in a straight line, you know, kind of all crowded around that area. There's different dominoes that we can, that we can knock over, you know, that ultimately knocks over at the front end of this, of this, um, of this domino cascade. But ultimately, the whole picture is going to come down one way or another, you know, if we do that. And that's, that's basically the idea. So some people respond slightly better to HGH191 versus Samorlin versus Zipamorlin or whatever, you know, um, but, um, but I see drastic differences in prices, you know, drastic, you know, so I'm more of a cost benefit kind of guy. So like, if there's not a drastic difference in the mechanics of something, like I don't see the benefit behind a drastic difference in cost. They have to somebody has to explain that to me. I know mechanically, like the the front end of all of this is where all of that activity or differences happen. But you know the whole the whole cascade's going to come down. So that's what what it's about. So here's a question: mechanically, and uh, maybe mechanically is not the right word. Comparable to H E H, the 191 amino acids, samorlin, same fat loss at a 500 microgram dose. Does it will it give you the same fat loss? It can. Yeah, absolutely can. Or better. Hyperplasia. You know? I mean, uh, with regards to growth and then I know two, I use this is, is, uh, it's a TRT dosage. Anytime you start going into four, I use, you start getting a little bit more into the, the, the muscle, the muscle density, uh, starting to build a little bit more fibers. Can you do that with some Orlin? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Would you, would you need higher dosages? It depends on the person. It depends. So but it's kind of the same thing. Person, yeah. the way that people react to samorlin versus other. What are yeah. possible side effects of samorlin? Uh, no different than HGH. Okay. Water retention you know, at the at the yeah yeah at the at the right dosage yeah. Water retention. You know, water ret- water retention, <laughs> fatigue, bloating, um, numbness and tingling, swelling in the fingers and hands and toes. Yeah, oh, it's kind of like MK. Like- it's kind of like it's kind of like MK then, right? MK six seven seven. It can. 
Yeah, if you get enough of it. Yeah, but it takes a lot. I mean, it takes. A that's going to be like a lot. Yeah, this is it. For those of you listening, we're talking like four IUs, five IUs, right? We're talking about like heavier dosages of eight. <laughs> yeah, eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's like, oh well, growth hormone and you know GH tummy and stuff, and I'm like, these guys are running like eight ten, of like ten, twelve, well, yeah, sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I've, had, I've heard twenty. I've heard a guy say he runs twenty IUs of HGH. Twenty. Yeah. He's not running HGH. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, HGH is running in. I got some HGH I'll make up from my kitchen. He can pay me for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Well, awesome. This has been a great episode, guys. And, and we're going to continue to do Hormones Part 3, Hormones Part 4. Now that we have Chris on board here, we're going to continue to actually expand a little bit. I want to have a whole episode. Actually, I'm just peptides. There's some really good peptides out there oh, that, that are coming cool. on the market. As you know, Chris, we've, you and Chris and I mm-hmm. have discussed some really, really amazing peptides out in the market right now. Pharmaceutical grade peptides that... Uh, that we're very interested in and that uh, we want to be able to, to have some exposure with you, the audience, in terms of the, how it can benefit you from a sleep pattern standpoint, mm-hmm. from a muscle standpoint, from joints to like, I mean, there's some really good stuff out there and this is all going to be pharmaceutical grade. So we're excited about that. Uh, I think it's time to wrap it up. Right, Sonia? Yeah. Excellent. That's it. That's Chris, it. thank you so much. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, no, I mean, obviously always like whenever we have Chris on, we're just like, nah, total nerds. <laughs> but next week um, we will have Austin stout on. So he is absolutely amazing. I presented with him this weekend um, at the physique education collective down in Nashville. And it was absolutely phenomenal. And I was watching him present and I just got super stoked for having him on. I think he's going to bring a lot of value. Just like every single one of our guests is just like, an amazing asset to this podcast. And we learn so much and like each person is so individual and like what power and impact they bring. I think you guys are really going to like us bringing on Austin. Awesome. It's great to have all of you, all our, our speakers have, they all bring a certain element into what our, our mission is and our vision at uh, team immunity period, heart fast fitness. And that's really to bridge the gap between health and fitness. And um, with that being said, Chris, thank you so much for being on. Uh, we're definitely thank hoping, you for having me. Awesome. We're hoping to have you back for a, a third episode. Uh, we'll call it the trifecta, and then we'll, fi- we'll finish. We'll finish real strong. With that being said, guys, thank you for listening to us every week. Thank you for your support. Thank you for all the kind words of encouragement that you guys sent to us via DM. And with that being said, just remember: God first, family second, always. God bless everyone, and have a very good evening. And we're out. <laughs> <laughs>